Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dean Rogers Show. Today, I've got Mr. King Kong. What's up, Kong? Dude, man, I appreciate it, dude. I'm feeling great because I'm here with you. The legends, the one and only Dean Rogers. <laughs> dude, I'm stuck to have you on because you're one of the most entertaining guys that I know. And uh, I, I want to peel that back and kind of find out more about that. Uh, but you have such an incredible story. And you are the American dream. You're living the American dream. Oh. You, you, uh, they should write a book about you, what you've been able to do. So oh. let's start there, dude. Let's talk about, um, for those of you all, by the way, for those that don't know, Mr. King Kong, you guys can find them on Instagram, all the social medias. It's real King Kong, right? Yep. That is correct. Yeah. So guys, make sure you connect them. Extremely entertaining, tons and tons of value. I love to watch your content because there's always little things that I pick away from it too. And, uh, and it's fun to watch. So make sure you guys follow in there, but let's dive into your story, man. Let's talk about how you even got to America and like how you found real estate. Let's start there. Hey guys, welcome to the Dean Rogers show where we talk about real deals that we're doing and bring on awesome guests to talk about how they're finding success in their business to inspire and motivate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. All right, see you on the show. Absolutely. So, um, so I was born. So, for those of you who don't know, first off, I want to say, Dean, dude, thank you so much, man. It's an honor. It's a pleasure to be on here with you. But more importantly, dude, let's get to meet you in person. It was, fun. and I can tell you right now, man, this guy's much more, even more handsome outside <laughs> than he is on camera. Too nice. Um, but dude, um, also to dude, to all your success and everything, man. And, um, bro, you, you're doing amazing things, bro. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, obviously, you know, my name is King Kong. I was born and raised in Vietnam. I grew up in a mud hut. Um, and I used to catch frogs for dinner. You know, I, That's I was already helping out, dude. I was already helping out the family, um, in the rice field. Right. And you guys probably seen those Asian wearing those Chinese, uh, 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 the Chinaman hat. Dude, yeah. I was on the rice field with my parents at the age of six. I remember go walking, you know, a couple miles to go get water with my sister. Um, so I grew up dirt poor, like literally. Um, Do you still remember and, those times? Dude, absolutely, man. It's, it's, it's so clear, dude. Like, so tell, tell me like walk for, cause I think a lot of people will, will maybe grow up in a situation like that and think, yeah. well, I could never be, I could never do. Right. And and they create their own limiting beliefs for themselves. Yeah. Uh, now, naturally, the circumstances make it hard. Right. There's sure. there's Absolutely. odds stacked against you for sure. Do you feel like you're living in like a, a fairy tale movie right now? Or have you gotten your mindset so strong that nothing is going to stop you? Like, what was it? What, what are you feeling now? And what were you feeling then? Dude, right. OK, so right now. I feel amazing, bro. This, this is, this is more than what I could have asked from God. Like I would never dude. I, I would never like, like when I was 18, 19, even in, in like my 20 Dean, if you come up to me, you like Kong, one day you become a millionaire. You have millions of followers. You're driving a, you're, you're driving a baby Rari around town. I'll be like, <laughs> dude, get the F out of here, bro. And Dean, growing up, dude, I didn't have the entrepreneur spirit. So a lot of you might, you know, you see like Gary V, he was already flipping baseball car. Other people, they already have that entrepreneur spirit within them. I can tell yeah. you, I did not have that. 
Wow. Dude, I, I would, you know, I came to America at the age of nine and every single summer, my parents put me like I would go pick blueberries, raspberry, cucumber, beans, like every single summer, Dean, I, I went and picked berries from the age of nine all the way until I was 16. And I really thought, Dean, that my life was going to be like just like my parents and just like my parents, dude, I, I'll get a jail to be. I'll go work there. I'll come home. I play poker on the weekend with them and then just work there and put my money in the 401k and retire on 65. I really thought that that was how my life was going to turn out, bro. Mm. Um, but, but, but everything changes when I met the wife, she's the one that has the big goals, the big dreams, the big ambitions. Wow. Yeah, dude. So Lon, Lon grew up same thing, right? So when I met Lon, Lon was living with her mom in a single wide trailer. And I dropped out of high school when I was 17. I met Lon when I was 18. And I remember telling my mom and dad that, hey, I am going to go and live with this girl. And we move into a little shed behind a mobile home park, dude, because the single Y was too crowded. Because <laughs> it was her, her mom, her niece, and then a couple other brother and sister living jam packing in this single Y, man. And Lon and I wanted a little privacy, but we couldn't afford an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> so we move out in a little shed behind a mobile home park. And I remember Lon telling me, dude, she said, Kong, the day that we move out of here is the day that I'll move into a house. I would never, ever get an apartment and give my money, my hard-earned working money to a landlord. Mm. And now I am the landlord, right? Yeah. So, um, so, dude, Lon has, like, Lon has very big, uh, big goals and big dreams. And my, my whole thing, Dean, is I just want to make her happy, dude. My, my, my whole thing is people ask me, so Kong, with, with all the money you got, you're financially free, you pretty much do whatever it is that you want. I still cannot buy whatever I want, but... You know, what wakes me up every day, dude, and keep me pumped and motivated is because there are things that Lon want, and I cannot make that happen still. Yeah. And and her goals, dude, her wants is getting bigger and bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger. So uh, that's what drives me, dude. I just want to make sure that I am the man that can make her dreams become a reality. And whatever it is that I got to do, dude, ethically, morally, if I need to build business, if I have to grind more, work harder, I will do whatever it takes. That's crazy. So, so tell me what it was. So you, you didn't have the entrepreneur spirit, spirit. No. you, you met Lon. What yep. was it about meeting her that put you onto this path? I mean, was it knowledge that she had? Was it just the sheer desire for more? Like, what was it? Yeah, dude. So Lon, 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 Lon is also high school dropout, man. Lon and I, Lon and I probably, dude, Lon and I are probably the dumbest tool in the shed, bro. Like <laughs> I like Lon and I, our reading is bad, right? Our reading is bad. Our writing is bad. Um, if you were to tell me, hey, Kong, go two block and make a left. I kid you not, dude, Dean, I don't even know what I don't even know what two block means, bro. Seriously, I don't. Like, you would have to tell me, okay, go down and you see Apple Street, make a right. Then, obviously, I'll understand that. But, you know, growing up, launches have, like, I have to work ethic, bro. Because... I was working when I was six and then came right. to America and I was, I was nine. Like I understand the, like I understand the hard work. Like my parents used to tell me, Dean, like calm, whatever it is you want in life, you have to work for it. It doesn't come for free. Nobody's going to come and save you. No one's going to come and help you. And I was brought up, Dean was work safe. And then that's it. Just, just work and save your money. I was never, you know, I wasn't surrounded by business owner people. I wasn't surrounded by entrepreneurship. And, you know, Lon, when I met Lon, dude, like, we had an opportunity 
and we bought over a kiosk in the mall. And I think this is where my entrepreneurship journey begins. And Lon, on the other hand, she never wanted, like, she's like, like Lon was the, Lon's like, Kong, I don't want to work for someone forever. Like she has that. I was the one that's like, dude, I'm okay. Right. I'm okay with grinding at the jail to be, even though I hate it, dude. But to me, it's like, eh, that's kind of like my life. But Lon, on the other hand, was more like, hey, I, I want to own my own business one day. I want to become a business owner, et cetera. So I was, dude, like people see me on camera now, Dean, and seeing and probably don't know that I, I grew up, dude, very shy, very insecure. Mm. I got bullied in high school. Mm. So when I met Lon, man, I was like a hermit crab. And I guess when we spend the money to buy over the kiosk, Lon's like, Kong, you, got, you, you have to go into the mall and help me run this business. If you don't, I cannot do this alone. And we're probably going to lose all of our money that we invested. And I remember, dude, I was so shy, so insecure. Dean, I, I, I never go to the mall. Like, I just can't be around a lot of people. Like, I don't want to be, dude, I don't even want to be seen in public. Mm -hmm. I, I, I remember, Dean, I had to um, hide from my parents that I didn't go to school and I would like uh, fake their signature and put in the <laughs> slip, dude. It's, it's, it's really, really bad. My insecurity was so bad, dude, that the person I am today, Dean, I bury who I am today deep down. Like, this is right. the person I am, dude. Because when I was around friends and family, bro, I was, dude, I talk a lot. I love talking, right? I love talking to people. I love joking around. I love having fun. But I buried that within me so I can just balk myself in a key, like in in a room. And Lon said, Kong, like, you need to man up. Because I remember going in there, tried it for like an hour. And I remember asking random girls to go by, get their hair done, dude. And then I got my first rejection. No. Dude, I, I couldn't even hold a tear down, bro. It would just start dripping. I was driving home. And I literally told Lon, I was like, Lon, I can't do this. And Lon said, Kong, you got to man up. Because if you don't change who you are, we're not going to get to where we want it to be. And I remember Lon telling me that she wants to be a millionaire. And I mm. laughed, dude. I laughed. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, was like, I, I don't know what she's smoking, bro, but, we, but it ain't going to happen. And it just, it just, you know, it's just like she put that vision out and just one day at a time. And all I knew was just to grind and hustle and work and, and save. Like we literally do save all of our money. I remember I had to go to work when I was sick because we wanted to pay. We wanted to save the sick leave, right? Because if you don't use it, they'll pay you out. Yeah. So is that person still inside of you? You said you had to bury that person deep down inside. Yeah. Is that person now gone or do you feel like they're still there? You know what, man? Uh, dude, now, dude, now, Dean, there's, there's nothing, dude. There's nothing that you can say or do that will like get me like, oh, be all upset about you, right, dude? I, I used to like things that people say about my, like, hey, how dark I am. Like I used to like Vietnamese are a little bit lighter. I, I usually get mixed with Cambodian and Philippines, and that used to make me super sad. Um, but, but if I was honest, dude, I am still somewhat insecure. I hate like I don't I, I like if, if I'm in public, I would never walk across a mirror and be able to stand there and look at myself. Mm. It's weird. I know. That's crazy. But so 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 a lot of you don't like you, you need to understand that 
I wake up and I don't just do the things that I want to do. I think successful people are the one that wakes up and do things that they don't want to do on day on the day that they don't want to do it. There we go. And I do that all the time. Like Lon asked me, like my whole thing is do whatever is necessary, whatever is required, whatever is your priority. If you say you don't, if you say that you don't got the time for it, it's because it's not your priority. Period. Mm -hmm. Done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. I, I'm so glad you like went that next step further because I think a lot of people will create this uh, create this outcome for themselves based on where they started, based on where they're at right now, based on right. maybe skills they don't have. Naturally, I'm an introvert too, um, right? Believe it or not, two introverts right now on a podcast <laughs> sharing our stories. You know, uh, you're like an extremely charismatic person who can like command oh. the room, right? Uh, that's not who you were naturally. That's a skill you can develop. Correct. And it's something you can overcome. And it's something I had to overcome too. Like when I first was done playing football in the, in the NFL, like I didn't know how to communicate because before that I didn't really have to communicate. I just played, right? I see. So I didn't know who I was. I didn't really talk much about what I liked, what I didn't like. These are all things that I've discovered about myself over the right. years, right? And and it sounds like it's the same for you. So you you realize that you need to man up, as Lon said, yep. right? Uh, you 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 have this experience with the kiosk. Uh, what about the kiosk experience? Kind of led you to where you're at today with real estate? How did you get there? Yeah, man. I mean, Dean, I, I think uh, what the kiosk did, We, I, I got a lot of my sales experience from the kiosk because you guys got to understand like product don't sell itself. Like mm -hmm. I see people now that when I go by, I look, dude, because that used to be me and they just sit there and they're waiting for customers to come up and they're like, oh, can I help you, dude? That's like, that's, that's, that's not how, like product don't sell itself. Like you got to be, you got to be proactive out there and trying to sell. So, you know, when I'm merchant to real estates, you know, asking random people go by, a stranger goes by and get their hair done, right? And I'm a guy, I'm a dude working at a hair extension kiosk, dude. Dean, I remember <laughs> my dad comes in and question my sexuality, bro. <laughs> yeah, he'll be like, you know, so anyways, so for me, that really helps me when I get into real estates and I have to pound the phone and people cuss at me and swear at me and say, no, it, dude, it, it, it was like, okay, dude, like, it, like it didn't even phase me, right? It, it, like it was nothing. And then working at a J-O the B, bro, I've learned a lot from that as well. Like people don't understand. It's like, to me, everything, like it's a stepping stone to get to where you need it to be. Like, yep. it, you know, when Lon and I have no business background. We didn't take any business class or business school, right? So when we like, okay, so how do we uh, pay employee? How do we train them? Like, how do we give them vacation? How do we motivate them, right? And I learned all of that by working at the J-O the B. So what they do is, you know, they... They motivate us, me anyway, if I stay there, work there for a year, every year that I stay there, dude, they give me a 10 cents race. Now, a lot of times, a lot, dude, I used to be so excited for that 10 cents, bro. For real. Like, yeah. I'll be like, yeah, Lon, like, hey, we just went from $10 to $10 and 10 cents, baby. Let's go. <laughs> you know, so now, and then they'll give us, so after working there for six months, you get one pay vacation. And then after you work there for a year, They'll give you two, right? So I learned that. So Lon, I wouldn't know that, right? But I learned that. And mm -hmm. then also too, if you work there for two years, they they um they incentivize you by sending you on a vacation trip. And that's what we're doing right now for our VA. If they work there for two years and they are produced and you are an asset to the company, dude, you mm -hmm. gotta be an asset, man, 
right? And that's what we uh, will do. We we just send one of our VA on actually three of them on a one week long vacation in Vietnam, and pay for everything. And that's what they did for me, bro. Yeah. So I learned all of that, and Lon and I just implement as we go. That's huge. Yeah, I think that's a valuable thing. I think being in that corporate environment, the job environment. You can take away those things, those skills, Absolutely. right? And implement into your business. So what was that first moment that you discovered real estate was going to be for you? Like you grew up in a mud hut, right? Yep. You you immigrate to America. Now I'm going to go buy real estate. I'm going to go invest in real estate right? and take the American dream to that next level. Okay, so Dean, you you won't believe this, okay? So Lon and I grew up in a, and I think a lot of you can relate this, right? Is that work hard, save your money, pay off your house, have no debt. That's exactly what Lon and I, that's the roadmap. So at 20, by the time that we were, so I bought my first house at the age of 23. By the time we were 27, bro, we didn't have, we got two Honda, both paid off. One is a Civic, one is a, a Core, both paid off, dude. My house, um, I think Lon has a couple hundred G's sitting in the bank. Our house is almost paid off. It got like 50 G's. We could have went and just paid off, right? And that's exactly what's the next step that we're going to do was paid it off. And I remember at 27, got a couple hundred G's saved up. We got a little kiosk in the mall making us about 10, 15,000 a month. And I said, Lon, dude, this, this is it. Let's go, baby. We grind so hard to get to this point. And then one day I came home and we took like a trip, uh, a month trip. We went back to Vietnam. We came back and Lon was all depressed. And, I, and Dean, I remember going to Lon. I said, Lon, what's like, why are you so, why are you depressed? Why are you sad? Dude, I was like, Lon, like we work extremely hard. We sacrifice a bunch to get to here. Dude, this is a time. The reason why she was depressed, Dean, is because she wanted to be a millionaire, a multimillionaire. She don't want to save her way there. She don't want to retire when she was 65, right? She don't want to make 100K. And call it okay. Like she wants to live like the freaking Hollywood style, bro. Like she wants to fly <laughs> private jet. She wants like, dude, like she has this crazy dreams that, but what happened is the reason why she's sad, bro, because her mindset that she can't get there. So she had the limit. So she has this limited belief. It's like, you, it's like you feel, you know, like you want to grow more, but you're like, oh man, something here that tells you you can't, like you, you can't achieve your dreams or fulfill whatever it is. And that's what makes her depressed. And then she came across a book um, called the uh, the movie The Secret, which mm. is what which is a security guard in the mall. Dude. So there's a security guard guard in the mall. It was one random day recommend her to go watch that movie and it changed her whole entire life. It lets her know that do whatever the mind can conceive and believe, bro, that she can achieve anything she wants. So all of a sudden, dude, one day, Dean, I get, I came home from the mall and Lon said, "Kong, we're gonna took all the money we got and we're gonna risk it and we're gonna get into real estate." I said, what? Dude, I dude, I thought she was cuckoo, bro. I said, come on, man, shit, bro. I said, come on, man, shit, bro. So you you want to risk everything and get into real estate when we know nothing about real estate. Dude, we bought a house. We paid $5,000 more than our neighbor, the exact same house, because we didn't know how to negotiate. We didn't know that there's a seller agent, there's a buyer agent. We didn't know anything. And Long wanted to go flip houses. And she said, yes. Because she said, I read it, I read it, and it said the real estate makes the most millionaire. So I want to do it. And I said, dude, this, the dude, I, Dean, literally, I said, dude, this chick is whack, but you know what? I said, Lon, whatever it is that you want to do, let's get it done. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and the next thing you know, bro, Lon, just watching this thing, and all of a sudden she she pays she she dropped seven thousand dollars on a three day seminar. We went there and we learned everything about real estate. They talk about wholesaling, creative financing, fix and flip, buy and hold. But for whatever reason, dude, we went down the path fix and flip. Wow. Yep. That's a that's a way to start. So, hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about my coaching program and the community. Besides teaching you exactly what we're doing in our multiple seven-figure real estate investing business, we also have several group coaching calls a week, and I give you my personal cell phone so you can text me whenever you need help. Now, if you're ready to take things to the next level, click the link down below in the description to apply. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Let's go. I, I want to go back real quick because there's something you just kind of uh, breeze past like it wasn't any big deal. You were, did you say 24 or you bought your first house at 23 and then by yep. 27, yep. you already had several hundred thousand yep. dollars saved. Yep. Your car's paid off. Yep. That's, that's no small accomplishment. A lot of people can't say that. You guys were working hard. You guys were yep. saving your money. Yep. Uh, what do you think it was that was it just simply working hard and saving money? Is that what it was? No. So basically, so our dude, our first breakthrough was was that little kiosk in the mall, bro. Uh, we were making Lana. I work all the time, so our overhead is very, very, very low, right? Um, so dude, we were netting between fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month, like net. And Lana and I, like, like when we go out to eat, dude, our dinner would be like twenty to twenty five dollars. Yeah. So we're still not out there living the life like. People got their priority all wrong, bro, Dean. And that's why I think that a lot of people are stuck at the J or the B and they cannot escape it, mm. right? Because I think people, too many people uh, rather, you know, whine and make excuses instead of focus on making money, right? Dude, so Lon and I was living way below our means. I, dude, I see people that makes 100000 a year and they're out like living like they're a millionaire. No wonder why you're broke, bro. No wonder why yeah. you don't got any extra money to invest or kickstart a business you want to do. Right. And then you end up whining, complaining like a little bitch, bro. So, <laughs> so, so, dude, Lon and I, Lon and I were making a couple hundred G's a year. Right. And Dean, we, dude, we're still driving the Honda. Right. Dude, I was still roaming around a 1997 Honda Accord with over 200,000 miles on it. When we go out to eat, our meal was like top 30 bucks. Yeah. So, we weren't going out and having 100, $200 meal, bro. And everything was just stack away and just safe. Because Lon and I, dude, all whole thing is Lon, when, when she set her mind on something, bro, she will accomplish, she will get that thing, and, like she will do whatever it takes, even no shopping, no whatever it is. Dude, we just sacrifice everything. And, yeah. you know, so all the money we make, dude, every single year, Lon and I would, what would we do? Dude, so here's what we do. We bought a house, we put 20% we put down. Every year we'll take the cash that we save, we go and we put a down on the house. And we pay it toward the principal. And then I tell them I want to do an amortization. I want to take that whatever I currently owe and stand it out for another 30 years. Because mm. I want my monthly payment, bro, to be as low as possible. So I can save the cash. And then I just and then Lon and I did that like a couple of years. And then by the time we know, we almost have our house paid off. But what helped us got there is because we have that little kiosk in the mall, dude. That business that's pumping us between 15 to 20K a month. And, yeah. and, and we were and our overhead is like what? Maybe two thousand a month, and you know, two three thousand bucks a month. I, I would say probably like three thousand a month, right? That's including mortgage, utility, eating out, spending, 
and everything was just stacking, bro. Imagine, you know, so every single year we're able to save at least 120 to two, like to do $120,000. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. That's huge. So <clears throat> Long had this crazy idea. She wants to be yeah. a multimillionaire. Yeah. She, she's going to invest in real estate. You decide fix and flip. Yep. Worst decision. What was that like? <laughs> Dude, bro, it was a nightmare, bro. And the reason why I got into the whole fix and flip because I, so we came across my mentor. My mentor, all he does is fix and flip. He owns four, four I think he got to own about uh, 500 rental now. But when I met him, he owns about 200 or so rentals and he does a lot of fix and flip. And he said, hey, you know what, Kong, you just got the capital already. Why don't you just start fix and flip? That's probably the best option. And I could, uh, dude, four, four and a half years in, Dean, I almost have to file bankrupt and I almost, and, and dude, I almost lost everything. That's when I discovered wholesaling. I said, like, damn, okay. So I'm able to, so I'm able to put the property in a contract. And, I, and so I, I found the seller from expired listing. I sent her a letter and then she calls me. We negotiate back and forth. And the reason I got into wholesaling, Dean, is because I was at a point where I was, I couldn't leverage anymore, bro. I, I just couldn't leverage anymore. And, uh, one of my local investors said, Kong, you're so good at finding deals. You're so good at negotiating. Why don't you just wholesale? And I remember telling him, I said, well, shit, I got no options. <laughs> so I asked him to explain it to me a little bit more. And he said, well, Kong, this is what you do. I went out for a bro right when he heard it, dude. I'm just start taking action, bro. I sent some expire listing, right? Or some letters to expire listing. This lady calls me, went out, negotiated with her a couple of times. We met at McDonald, signed the contract, put her property in a contract, dude. Found the buyer in two days. We closed that deal in set in 15 days. Made 28 G's. Ooh. Dean, bro, I remember I'd be like, dude, this is a game that I want to play. So you're telling me I don't have to buy the property. I don't have to fix it up. I don't have to babysit the, the contractor dealing with the city, getting the permit, waiting for four to six months to get paid. I can just freaking sell this piece of paper and make 28 K. I was like, baby, I'll do this all day long. And that's right. what I did, dude. And that's what saved or that's basically what saved our career. So I started wholesale, took all my money from wholesaling. And at that time, Dean, I, I was, I got about 1.5, I'm about $1.5 million tied up. So I took all my money, dude. I was just boom, 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 just getting all my rehab done, bro. And then now obviously we build a team to like, we do it completely virtual uh, with seven VA. And uh, we're bringing in about, I, I would say 130, $140,000 a month wholesaling completely virtual. Now I never meet the seller. I never see the property. We're doing this and locking everything up completely over the phone. Yeah. I love that. So you and I have a similar story story in certain ways of where right. when I first got started, I wholesaled my first year. Then I got into flips. My first oh. flips, I lost a hundred thousand dollars and just had a massive setback. I was not in the position mm. to lose that money. It really right. just put me in the hole. I had to work my, you know, close deals to work my way out of that hole. And uh, then I started grinding through, right? Yep. I've, I've at this point flipped hundreds of houses and had another big mistake getting into another deal I shouldn't have done. The guy actually scammed me. That's a whole nother story. But Damn. doing flips, it was like just a lot of grinding, a mm. lot of work. Yep. And a lot of uncertainty on the on the project. Like the numbers yep. might look good on paper, but there yep. might be things that happen. So some people, I've just I just I just chalked it up to some people are better at flipping than me, right? Mm. I'm good at finding deals. I'm good at negotiating, just like you. I'm gonna wholesale. So when we pivoted back to wholesaling, our whole business changed. 
And there is nothing like locking in that deal, getting it through escrow and getting paid right then and there, not yep. waiting for anything else to happen, dude. Yep. See, Dean, I think a lot of people don't understand, like they watch too many HGTV, they think it's sexy, but let me tell you, dude, there's nothing sexy about fix and flip when you have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning, going to Home Depot, dealing with the contractor, not showing up, trying to scam you, rip you off left and right, like dude, all kinds of stuff. And the thing is, I think people like, from what I know, Dean, I have never, I've never really met any fix and flipper that can actually travel have the freedom to do whatever they want, whenever they want, all right? And only work one hour a day on their fix and flip business and pump out six figure a month. I have never yet met that person, bro. Because dude, it's it's very, like you gotta be on top of your shit, man. Like, yeah. you know, e dude, I even try to hire a general contractor. Now, listen, if you wanna do one or two, three flip maybe a year, you should be fine. But I'm telling that I'm saying for those of you who obviously wants to scale up and you want to put a you want to bring in like a hundred thousand plus per month, guess how much flips you have to do? Guess how much capital, right? That that that, that you would have to tie it up. And especially right now, Dean, like dude, when the market take a shift, dude, a lot of my fixer fix and flipper friend, dude, they're they're getting their butt kicked, bro. And then mm -hmm. now they're merging into learning how to wholesale, right? So they can start unloading and offset some of those to fund. And some of them are losing their money left and right. Yeah. It's just a risky game. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, um, what do they call it? It's a, uh, it's a business where you're just, you're kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's anyways, it's based on you, like hoping the market goes up or the market stays the same. Right. And those things are out of your control. You can't control those. Right. So, uh, and there's so many variables that happen with the flip and right. with rentals too. And right. I, I believe that everybody should start with wholesaling and also continue their business with wholesaling and take that yep. cash that you make, then you can invest it in the rentals. Then yep. you can invest it in the other things you may want to invest into. Yep. And for us, because we do know how to flip and at least doing it at a small scale, a handful right. of flips at a time, we cherry pick the best easiest ones yep. to do and then we'll flip those. So um yeah man that's that's amazing. So most of your most of your employees are VAs. Tell me about Correct. that. What made you say I want VAs versus boots on the ground and how do you run your business? Is it nationwide? Is it market specific? How do you, how did you decide to set that up? Yeah, so basically Lon and I man, we own so right now we have 7 VAs. They're all from the Philippines. And Lon and I, you know, we don't have office space, right? I, I don't have office space, physical employee that actually goes to. I don't need to meet them. Lon, I just want to be free, dude. Like the whole thing, Lon and I, about building our business is we want freedom. We we don't, like Dean, if you call me, you'd be like, hey, Colin, let's go to Cancun. Boom. I can go to Cancun as long as I have a laptop, a phone, Wi-Fi. We connect with our VA through Skypes. All right. Just that's it. Like we, we monitor them there. They got time doctor that when they clock in, clock out, that freaking thing just track everything that they do right on their desktop. And, you know, for, for, for me, it's like, I just don't want the headaches of having big office and running tons of employee, you yeah. know? So my model not, might not work for some of you who's watching this, right? So my whole thing is, dude, it's all, it's, it's never look at someone online and be like, dude, I, I want to do, like, I want that business. Like it might look sexy, 
right? But I'm telling you, you don't know what they have to deal with. Like, I, dude, I, I don't want the headaches. I don't want the drama. I'm okay with making a few millions a year and just having the time to do whatever I want, wake up to do whatever I want, whenever, with whoever the F that I want. Like, you ask me to go speak. If I want to go speak, I will. If I don't, I'm just going to say no. Like, I, I don't want to be in the pressure of wanting, of doing things that I don't want to do anymore, bro. Because I made, Lana, I made too much sacrifice for now to keep on grinding and then trying to like, like, I, I don't want to become a, a billionaire. Like, once again, I'm okay with making a few millions a year, bro. And just hey, being just able wait. to be free La, and La travel. might get a new idea. Law might well, get a new idea. Dude, well, the, so, so, <laughs> dude, the thing is right now, so Lon's goal is right now, her goal is to, um, to do 100K a day. And, but we're going to build that business virtually. So Lon just recently got into, bro, Dean, Lon just recently got into creating her TikTok shop. Now, dude, this is, this is at another freaking level, man. For those of you who don't know, remember the day when Amazon, when, when people were getting into Amazon early with the whole like drop shipping? Yeah. Bro, those, those guys were making banks, right? Yeah. Well, dude, this is like Amazon back in the days on steroid. And let me share with you what I mean. So, dude, so Lon really, so, so this is, for, right? So this is like, so now we have like a wholesaling. I got like all, all this stuff going on. But now what Lon does is she has a little shop that let's just say, Dean, you're selling a physical product and you're able. So Amazon, the one, the one thing that TikTok is ahead of Amazon is that Amazon doesn't, Amazon is not a social media platform. Right. It's just a shopping center. TikTok have turned them, dude, into like a one-stop shop. They want the, the thing where they can take payment there. You can uh, create content there. And you can actually sell stuff there. Mm. You can chat with your friends there and everything. So, Dean, imagine if you have a physical product. You do, and you have a bunch of followers. And then you do a, hey, you'd be like, hey, this is what I'm selling. And people that buy your product. And then they what they do is they do a video on it. And they can be one click of a button, dude. They can become your affiliate. Wow. And let's just say they have 100,000 followers. They bought your product. They use it. They love it. Bro, people are, dudes, They're people are making hundreds that, of thousands huh? of dollars per day. Because now, dude, TikTok has about one point, I think 1.4 billion user. Dude, it's a huge, huge opportunity. Wow. So that's what Lon's doing. So her goal is to do 100K a day because she saw someone that makes seven, dude, this gal from China makes $17 million doing a TikTok live. Wow. Dude, so as long as I did, and then there's, and then many people <laughs> that she follows did a hundred, some thousand dollars a day. I know that we're on a different topic and that's why Lon's like, dude, Kong, I'm going to get to the point where I'll make a hundred K a day. And I said, dude, then I will just be your shipper. Uh, <laughs> You're just gonna I'll be just the, ship the product for you're you. You're gonna be the sugar baby, dude. She's gonna be sugar mama. And... Dude, I would love that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. But that's that's the exciting part about being an entrepreneur is right. you you get all these juices flowing, like you get the muscle memory of putting yep. in the work and using your your brain to connect these dots and see these opportunities. And you yep. wouldn't have seen these opportunities had you not gotten into real estate, right? Had you not gotten started with the kiosk and had gone through that experience. So yep. power to you guys, man. That's awesome. That's exciting. Um, Thanks. So I'm curious, uh, you have seven VAs. 
Yeah. How do you structure your day? I mean, what do you have to have in place to be able to to right. manage your team to make sure that they're doing the right things? Right. All of those, all those type of things. Absolutely, Dean. I think, dude, that's a great question. I think a lot of times, I think most real estate hold, you know, when they get into building the whole wholesaling business, that too many of them are stuck into that day-to-day task. And like there, there's a difference between a hustler and a business owner. When you want to become a business owner, you got to step away from being a hustler. A hustler is someone who's grinding all day long. I don't know about you, man, but I don't want to be working 13, 14 hours a day. Right? So you got to put, you got to have team, system, process, and automation in place. So the first person, for those of you who's listening right now, will be like, hey, Kong, I am that person that you're talking about. I'm grinding all the time. Maybe you're doing you know, one or two deals a month, but you're doing everything yourself. You need to be able to trust that someone and then start replacing yourself. So the first person that you need to get, my friend, is called a COO. This is the, this is, this is the person that actually is like a clone of you, but they rather work for you instead of building their own business. So you need to get a COO. Someone, this, this person is your integrator. They take your visions and they run the business for you. They take care of hiring, training, firing, all of that. You only talk to this one person. That is your COO. If you can find that person, that is your integrator. Dude, it will take your business to the next level. Any business that you start, you need to get that one person first. Otherwise, dude, you're going to be working in the business for a very, very long time. So first, the COO. The next thing is I get is called the lead manager. The lead manager is the person that filter and qualify the lead. And I, I'm sure that Dean and everyone that's watched me know that that takes the most time out of your day, man. It's digging through all the dirt, man, to find that diamond, right? To find that mm-hmm. one seller that will say yes. So you need to hire a lead manager. And this is how my funnel works. So, you know, I actually just did a video on this, Dean. And I said, for those that are looking to escape, you need to look at your, like, you need to look at your business like McDonald's. What happened when the customer comes in and make an order? How does that go down to your funnel? So when you get a, a seller that calls in or you make an outbound call, how does that lead get handled? So first it goes to my lead manager. The next thing is, let's just say that the seller say, yes, I want to get an offer. Now, whether they're motivated or not motivated, it doesn't matter. The lead manager, their job is not to negotiate. They don't. So when you hire them, dude, you can replace them like that, right? So they don't need to learn how to negotiate. They, their job is filter, qualify the lead. When they sell, they say, yes, I want to get an offer. Whether they say, hey, the property's worth a, a dollar and I want a million. It doesn't matter. It goes to the purchase manager. The purchase manager is the person that if you do hire them, make sure that they have sales background. It's hard to train someone that has no sales experience, no sales background into a closer. So you need to hire someone with a sales background and they are your purchase manager. So when a seller say yes, boom. Now the lead manager will set the appointment for the purchase manager to call back and make the offer right to the seller. And let's just say that they call back, make an offer, seller accept the offer. Next thing is go to your, I, I call them the transactional coordinator. I guess some of you call them disposition, but this is the person that actually get this deal to the closing table. They accommodate, accommodate the seller for the showing, for the inspections. They market to find the buyer and they work with the title company to get whatever it is needed to get done to move this deal to closing. And then another position that we currently have right now, it's called the call auditor. Now, dude, I learned this when I went to CG. And Lon and I probably like, 
probably lost out on a lot of money because of we didn't have this one person. You pay this this person, dude, five bucks an hour, eight hours a day. Their job is to audit all the phone call from the lead manager to the purchase manager, making sure that they're saying what they're supposed to say. They follow the scripts, right? So they audit all the phone call. And imagine if they just find one deal, bro, one deal that slipped through the crack. And I'm sure there will be a deal that will slip through the crack because not every one of them will go in and, and put on the A game especially if they know if they know that no one is monitoring or listening to their call. But imagine if they do, right? So that one person, dude, audit all the phone call, one deal that they get, could it make you 10, 20K? And then everybody goes and report to Lon, and I'm now just the face of the front. And my whole thing is just mainly creating content, and I would meet with my VA. We'll meet every single morning. They start at 9 o'clock and at 5 p.m. I'll meet with them one every morning, for one hour and kind of go through, okay, what's going on today? Where's all the leads? I do believe that Dean's, you cannot completely remove yourself from the business because you need to know what is going on. You need to have a pulse on your business. There is no passive income. Yeah. Rental property, same shit. Stay on top <laughs> of your property manager, man. Cause if you don't dude, those property manager, dude can freaking uh, suck everything out of you. Yeah. 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 I love that. Uh, you're the one that's going to care the most about the end result. You're the owner. You're, you're the one in charge. No one is going to care as much as you. You might have some people that are, are, are great employees, are passionate that, that care, but no one will care as much as you. No one will work as hard as you either. So, um, yeah. And the thing is Dean, like you can't expect them to work as hard as you, you cannot expect them to care as much as you. Now, if you want them to care more, right? Then obviously you got to incentivize, keep them motivated by bonus, pay vacation, whatever it is, race, whatever it is that you got to do. I mean, you see, Dean, when we talk about like becoming a business owner, dude, there's just so much more skill set that you have to acquire and you will acquire this over time. A hustler is just the one that just grind and work. Like you just work like a mad dog. You don't know anything about leadership. You don't know how to hire. You don't know how to fire. And dude, Dean, I've seen some entrepreneur, man. They're dude, they can't even fight, let people go. They're softy. Yeah. They're soft. Like they're too <laughs> soft. They'll be like, yeah, well, he's my friend. She's my friend, dude. But if they don't care, dude, it's like if you keep them, it's like one bad tomato will ruin the whole entire batch. And sometimes, you know, if you look at it like this, if you just change your perspective, sometime letting them go is the best thing that you can do for them and for you. You know why? It's because they're not a good fit at your company and now you let them go, it opened up them to an opportunity that actually fit for what it is that they're doing. Yeah. And when you keep them, it's just a cancer and it will pull everybody down with you. So my whole thing is Lon, Lon dude, Lon is, dude, if you have problem with firing people, Dean, Put Lon on the phone. She's, <laughs> dude, she's cold, bro. Lon is cold, dude. Because she's like, hey, you either push this wagging wagon up the hill with me or you get the F out. She don't care if you're friends. She don't care for her family. She doesn't even care for her mom. Bro. She's like, dude, I will, I'll make the money and I'll take care of you. But if you're not pushing, you're getting off this train. Cold. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we uh, you you uh, you said something there with the the different employees that you have. We have right. a call auditor as well, and nice. that is huge, so yep. huge because it helps keep everybody 
um, kind of in check. It helps provide Absolutely. support, right? Some people, I've had some people be like, oh my gosh, you have someone listening to the calls. You're micromanaging them. I'm like, no, they love it because they get the support. They get the feedback. Um, you know, that person who's auditing those calls is, is helping guide them like on, on where the deals are. Like it's, it's amazing. Like everybody loves it. Well, Dean, I mean, like, listen, dude, I look at it. Listen, so we pay all of our gals, right? Whether they're the lead manager, the purchase manager, everybody gets a bonus once the deal close. All mm -hmm. right. And my whole thing is, dude, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, why would you care, bro? Like, why would you care? If I have someone that will audit the call because it's not about you, it's about the company, right? And dude, like my, for, for, for like if you want the company to grow, just like I do, if you want to grow together, this is what this this is what happened, right? Like, like so if you like it, stay. If you don't like it, fine, leave, right? But I don't see why someone would care if you're doing what you're supposed to do and you want the company to grow. Because there, because sometimes, hey, you know what? You 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 come in. Maybe there's something that you slip, right? It's not you. So for me, the whole thing is, dude, you can't take it personal. It is business, and we got to do what's best for the business. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast. If you're a real estate investor that's just getting started or struggling to find that next deal, I have just the thing that's going to help you get the breakthrough and the results you've been looking for. I have a free training that I want to share with you that shows you how to find deals, negotiate deals, and get paid. All you have to do is go over to deanrogers.com forward slash training to gain access to this free training. Now let's get back to the podcast. Let's go. So I want to transition here and talk about social media because this is... Uh, oh, yeah. Know, as the introvert that you are yeah. now, you know, super charismatic and outgoing, you're, it, you're, you're like easily known out in the social media space <laughs> as just like an entertainer, uh, somebody who's really funny. Let's talk about your social media journey. When sure. did you discover social media was something that you were good at and how did you kind of get started and it take off? Dude, once again, Dean, I dude. I did not want to be in front of a camera. Once again, I was still very shy, very, like I did not want to do it. But I think this got to be about five or six years ago. And at this time, I got, got my system in place. I got my team and everything like that. But I was like, man, I really want to do something else beyond this, right? And I heard Gary Vee. It was like 10 at night. And a Gary Vee pop up on my feed. And he said, oh, man, how it is to build a personal brand, how massive it is. and how." And I saw the potential of what he was saying. And I want everybody to understand this, that nobody will do something for you for nothing. Every business owner I know, every entrepreneur I know, dude, has a motive. Let's be real, real talk. They have a motive. If they're going to do a free training, if they're going to give you something for free, it's because they're going to get something in return. So don't be like, oh, my God, Kyle, I can't believe you. Like, I thought you helped. Dude, like, you guys got to understand, man, this is the real world. We got to put food on our table, too, right? So, dude, when Gary Vee say it, dude, I see this huge, because the reason why I point that out, Dean, because, dude, I, I'm tired. People go, oh, yeah, you know what? I love helping people. Yes, dude, I understand that. But the reason you do it is because you're getting more in return. You're making a boatload of money. Imagine if you don't make any money. Like, imagine if we just go on here, like, well, why would Dean spend like an hour with me talking and creating content? Why? 
Because you don't have anything else to do? Come on, man. <laughs> Shit, bro. It's because we both want to build a brand and start growing on social media. So for us, it's like, yes, for people to follow you, you got to put provide value. Nobody's going to listen to what you got to say if you, if you don't have no value. And, and I also heard this team, Dean, when well, from this guy, is that people will only listen to you when you have what they want, period. Whether it's the house, whether it's the chick, whether it's the money, the success, whatever it is, but they will only listen to you when you have something that they want from you. That's it. But yeah, man, when I heard that from Gary Vee, dude, it was 10 at night, bro. Dude, I just couldn't wake up, bro. I, I was so excited, Dean, because I see what he was talking about. And I remember, wait, dude, I remember that night, bro, I couldn't even sleep. And I woke up at, I think, 7 o'clock a.m., never wake up that early and get out of the house, bro. <laughs> I went out, dude, I, I drove, I drove 15 minutes down to this nice, if you guys go back to my YouTube, uh, dude, I'm so embarrassed of my old YouTube, bro. It was, it, the quality was bad. I was just selfie style, bro. And I, and I remember telling myself, man, nobody's going to listen to me. Nobody's going to watch me. I have this accent. So I'm telling you guys, like, I have all this thing that's playing in my head as just like you are, how I, how, how it's not going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. But I did it anyway. Because I see, I saw the potential and I just did it, dude. And and just like Dean said, you know, through all the things that you have done in the past, you know, it's going to take time. You know, it's going to require work. You know, you have to be patient, right? And I, dude, and I went there, did, did record my first YouTube. So I started out on YouTube, did my first video, posted, no cut, no edit, nothing. I just record, hit the record, talk, let's say whatever I want to say, post it. And I remember it went by like two weeks. I can't even remember, man. I, I remember getting my first subscriber. And I told Lon, shit, Lon, this is game over, bro. It could be my <laughs> mommy. It could be my mommy. It could be my daddy. But this right here is game over. This right here tells me that someone is listening to what I got to say. <laughs> bro, when I hit a 1,000 subscriber, I told Lon, dude, I'm going to take this thing to the next level. And then when I hit 10,000 subscriber, I launched my first product. It's called the King Kong Script. Dude, in six months, Dean, I made half a million dollars. Dude, wow. I bro, dude, Dean, I remember driving home from Seattle, and then I, I and then I checked my phone. I got an email message that someone just bought my script for five hundred bucks, bro. I told Lon, I said, Lon, dude, I, I swear to God, if you call Lon right now, Lon will be like, Colin was laughing his whole way home, because I saw the potential, bro. I was like, dude, I can now make money while I sleep. I put one video out, boom, call to action. They purchase it. I'm sleeping like a baby. I wake up and I got a freaking email that I am, that I just made 500 bucks. Bro, that was, dude. And then I, and then I, from there, bro, I plan it out. I'll be like, okay, well, every Friday, I'll do what's called a cold call role play. So I will get on because, Dean, to me, if you take everything away from me, I just need one thing, and that is I need to know how to negotiate with the seller. You can take all my marketing skills away. You can take everything away. But to me, what's holding people back, bro, from actually closing a deal, and it takes them so long, is because when they got on the phone, bro, dude, my, I remember my first six-month thing, I was pounding the phone. I was taking massive action, but I couldn't lock anybody in a contract, bro, because I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know what I was saying, right? Yep. And I just can't close them. And I'm telling you, if you just take some time, learn how to close, learn how to pitch, dude, your conversion rate will be a lot higher. A lot of you out there right now, dude, you're just, you're just trying to get lucky. But your problem is you quit before you get lucky. Yep. 
because you because you need to work on your skill set. And Dean, that's that, that's it, dude. From there, bro. And then obviously, and then a year later, I got into Instagram because I realized that, you know what, dude, you cannot depend on one social media platform. Just like a lot of you that are watching right now, dude. The biggest problem is that when the market take a crash and you guys lose everything, it's because you depend your life on one stream of income. And the worst is your J-O, the B. Back in, dude, back in 2008, dude, people are losing their, 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 their shirts, their house foreclosure. They lose the car because they put everything on the table, dude, depending on that J-O, the B income, bro. And that's why millionaires, they became multimillionaires by having multiple stream of income. You can't just depend on one, just like social media. A year later, I got into Instagram. I wish I would have started them all at the same time, but you know what? Sometimes it's just too much because you, you don't have a team. You, you're not Gary V. You can't just be all over the place if you don't have a team. And then, yeah, man, Instagram start. And then obviously, I also heard TikTok from Gary V as well. And I was early into the game and I built that thing up really quick. That's awesome, man. Um, so I want to I, I wanna talk about the funny stuff you say. So for sure. me, like, it's just hilarious. The stuff you say, <laughs> obviously like the accent plays into it, all these different things. Where did you come up with these sayings? Like you said, one I hadn't heard before oh. earlier today, you don't want to make a hundred K and call it. Okay. You know, like <laughs> you say like all these different things, yeah. where, where do those come from? So, okay. So the first one, Dean, that went, that went really crazy. And I remember when I went to a speaking gigs, everybody's, Dude, they all want me just to say this one thing and saying, come on, man, shit, bro. So <laughs> that came apart, bro, because, and this is when I was doing YouTube and I get someone to comment and say, Kong, oh, this doesn't work. Like all the excuses. So I freaking got on a YouTube live, bro. And I gave it to them. I said, you're either making excuses or you're making money. And I said, everybody that makes money, never make excuses. They just do whatever it takes, whatever is required to get the shit done. And I said, dude, and so I went on and all these comments come in there. Lon, Kong, you got lucky. You got this and that. And I said, come on, man, shit, bro. Dude, that thing just freaking went crazy. <laughs> and uh, so from that, and I think right now the biggest one, man, is the let's go get this morning. And yeah. I don't even know how that even begins, bro. I I, I don't know you when don't that even started. I don't remember how that, that one even started. No, I don't. Yeah. That's one of the things that stood, that stood out to me. So like, we didn't really know each other until we met. Uh, not long ago at a mastermind. Right. And I was like, I know this guy. Like, and then I heard you talk and I was like, I definitely right. know this guy. And I asked him like, who's it? Who is this guy right here? And they pulled up like your Instagram. I'm like, I've seen this guy. He he pops up in my feed, you know, on like the discovery page. And, uh, <laughs> and then I saw like, let's go get this money. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, dude, that's just so funny. So, um, <laughs> but that's the thing though. Like everybody, yeah. when you first started, you thought, right the your accent you thought right. the the fact that you couldn't read well you couldn't Correct. write well couldn't take directions well all these things were Correct. things that held you back yep. but they're actually your strengths now Correct. you know what i mean like that's remarkable they're actually your strengths so i think no matter who you are what you look like um you know what sex you are any of these things like Correct. you got to use what you have to your strength and make it your own like you can't try to be someone else who right. you are is who you are right correct dude absolutely hands down and dean i remember when i was in high school i used to cry over people call me king kong because in my culture if you're if you're dark you're poor and you're ugly 
So when you when when like the the, the black, the dark skin, that's what you are. You're poor and you're ugly. And I remember, you know, someone called me the, you know, King Kong, dude. I that's what they make fun of. And I remember crying driving home. And now King Kong is my my multi-million dollar social media <laughs> brand. <laughs> like it became my multi-million dollar social media brand. And I brand it as King Kong now. That's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. It is. So let, let's talk about the branding. So yep. uh, for me, that that was a thing that like I didn't really have my head wrapped around, right. but have realized over the past couple of years now and really leaned into how important has branding been for you and like growing your your influence, growing your earning potential? Like what has that done for you in your life? Absolutely. And D- Dean, before I say that, I just, I want you guys to understand how important this is. It's either a billion or a trillion dollar industries. Personal brand is just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Whatever it is that you're missing in life right now, like the income, if you want to make you want to make 10 times, 100 times more money, just get on social media. Start building a brand. So right now for me, it's like I can take any ideas, just from an ideas to six figure to seven figure, just like that. Like to go from 100, like an ideas to, to make 100K, easy. An idea to make a million, easy. For me now, the toughest thing is getting it to like that 5M or 10M, right? But what, but a lot of you, what you don't understand is that when you build a following, they're not just following, they're your client. You just don't understand that. Those are your clients, right? And then you, whatever the business you want to start, you already have clients. Most business don't succeed is because before that, Dean, right, it's brick and mortar. So a lot of times you have to be at that spot for a long time. So for people to know you because it's worth the mouth. Or you have to spend a boatload of money on like, you know, running newspaper, whatever it is, right? Or TV ads or whatever, right? But now, bro, anybody can become, have their own little channel, right? Dude, so imagine if you already have 100,000 followers, people that like, hey, I love Dean's. I like what he does, dude. And once Dean start launching something, he's not launching from zero. Dude, he's launching from 100,000 freaking clients that is just ready to rock and roll. Now, obviously not all of them is going to buy Yep. Whatever it is. But imagine 1%, 5% of that, right? But for me, dude, understanding the whole personal brand. And the thing is, you know, Dean, I see that so many business, small business owner, bro, like don't understand still the power of being on social media. There's only two things that you got to do with your business, man. Number one is put, create content on social media. That's the free way. Number two is you pay someone, right? Or you run ads. So I don't understand why people wouldn't put their business on social media for free and creating content. Like, dude, like, okay, so Dean, I went to these, uh, so I, I went to Toyota dealership and I saw these two guys, two salesmen standing there. They're just standing there waiting for people to come in. I said, come on, man, shit, bro. And one of them, Dean, actually followed me. And I said, bro, instead of stand, standing there, you're waiting for people. Why are you waiting for people? You guys need to be freaking more proactive. Do you think that, the, do you think, or do you think you're going to get 100,000 people walk up to you. No, but dude, what if you take that time and you just create one piece of content that can get 100,000 eyeball, even a million eyeball on that piece of content. Now they know what you do, where you're at. If they need a car, guess who they come to? They come to you, bro. So I don't understand why you guys are just sitting there playing with your thumbs and just waiting. When you can be proactive, start creating content. Take the downtime, dude. Just create content, right? Post on your, like a lot of people, what they say to Dean is that they're like, you know, Kong, I'm afraid of my friends, my family see it. Dude, 
focus on what matter, bro. You got to get, dude, you focus on that money. You want to be, <laughs> you want to make more money? You want your business to grow? Yeah. You want to become financially free? Bro, put that aside. So yeah. Dean, this is really hard for me too, man. I want to take you guys way back now. I remember, so I grew up in a family, Dean, as Asian. You don't tell people how much you make, right? And you keep it as a secret. You keep it as a secret, what you do and how you make your money, secret. And my mentor used to, my mentor met me. My mentor was like, Kong, you want to succeed in real estate or you don't? I said, of course I do. He said, then why don't you tell everybody what you do? Why don't you put banner sign around your neighborhood? Like, why don't you put like, your car needs to say, I buy houses for cash. And I remember, Dean, I, I said, but, but my mom is going to say something. My brother's brother is going to look at us and say, oh, yeah, they think they're rich now. And my mentor said, Kong, is that, is that going to get you to your end goal, dude? If you, if you let that hold you back, what else are you going to let hold you back? So I went ahead and I did it. And I remember, dude, Lon brother saw it and Lon sister saw it. And they're like, take that thing off, Kong. Literally, they say, take that thing off. And, and, and you, yes, when you're trying to level up, when you're trying to scale up, you will get criticized. People mm-hmm. will judge you. People will say shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even when you get into social media, a, a lot of you be like, oh, man, I have no hate comment dude, because because you're not big enough. So so basically, when you know that you have grown really big on social media is when you wake up and you get freaking getting thousands of hate comment. <laughs> I hate his hair, hate the way he looks, hate the way he talks, hate that he's Asian. Like you just get a bunch of hate comments. Yeah. Right. And I remember, dude, Dean, my first hate comment, dude. Oh, I was like, dude, this one hurts. But I yeah. eat it up. I freaking like, dude, Kong, this is the real world. You, you're the one who wants to put yourself on social media. So you got to handle. You got to learn how to handle it. And now, dude, dude, now nothing faced me. Now, dude, Dean, I love the hate comment. It is the only comment that I want to read, bro, because it's the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, like, like social media, Dean, like going back to social media, what it does for me, I think a lot of real estate investors don't understand the power of social media. If you are a realtor. Imagine if everyone in the states or city know what you do. No, how about the whole entire state? How about the whole entire U.S. of A? How about the whole entire world? So even though if I, I'm from Washington state, but let's just say I want to buy a, a house in Florida and I go on my YouTube talk or my Instagram and all I see is you providing value, guess who I go? I go to you because I see you all the time, built the trust over time. I like what you got to say, so I'm going to go to you. See, you don't need to be the best. And I heard someone said this, and I think a lot of people say this. You don't need to be the best, man. You need to be the most well-known. It's not who you know now, bro. It's who it's who know you. Because you know why? When you're starting out, dude, when you have no sales, you, have, you haven't closed your real estate deal, no, you're not going to know some famous people. You're not going to know rich people. But now you have the power to let those people know who you are. Mm. You know? And if they yeah. know who you are, they they built the rapport, they like you, they trust you, it's so much easier to do business with them. And I think a lot, you know, for me, Dean, I get students, I get people that brings me deals, we JV deals. It just opened up so much door and so much opportunities that a lot of you don't even know until you're on social media and playing the social media game. Yeah, it opens up so many doors that you that weren't available Correct. otherwise, right? Correct. You're opening up so many doors. So we'll we'll end with this. What is the advice you would give for somebody 
who's looking to go on a social media to stand out because that's one of the things, if you're just doing what the next guy's doing, you're copying them. It's not going to really help you as much. How can you stand out? Well, number one is I think you got to be yourself and you got to be authentic. And a lot of people say, be persistent and post. That's not the key. Uh, Dude, I've seen people be persistent and they post, they post and post. Dude, you really got to stay on top of your game. You really got to look at your content. You got to audit your page. If I were you, what I would do is I would go find five people that are in the same industry that you are. Let's just say you're an agent. And I see agent, Dean, dude, we can talk about this so much, man, because so Lon, Lon, Lon also just recently got into social media and she's very serious about it, right? Because she sees the potential, what TikTok can do. So she would cut a video. She would edit the video. I would take the same video. I would cut it, edit in my own way. Dude, that video would get more view. So, that, so it's not just about being consistent, being persistent and all that, but you got to audit your content. You got to look at your content and you got to be creative, man, right? And number one is obviously you don't want to copy somebody because you just, at the end of the day, you just got to be who you are, right? And for me, like if you keep on, if you're posting one or two a day and three, and let's just say three months go by, to me, I think three months is good enough. If three months goes by, even 60 days go by and you don't see the growth, you don't see you gaining views, there's something wrong with your content. If you already have the knowledge, you already have the skill set, but you just, dude, Dean, I've seen people that have, that post really high quality video, right? Because they're a real estate investor, like in my mastermind, and they're consistently posting every day, one or two posts a day, but they're not growing. And I look at their content, dude, I know exactly why they're not closing. A lot of you, dude, you want to, what, what it is, is you're so focused on monetize versus providing value. I see people, Dean, once they get to a thousand followers, they're like, oh my God, I got to monetize. So every single their video, bro, is like a little pitch at the end, right? Sign up here, do this. They're like, dude, so if you want to play the short-term game, that's fine. If you want to make like a few thousand bucks from your video, that's fine. But if you want to grow a big brand, have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, just go and look at their content. I promise you that you will see majority of their video is all about providing value. It's not a call to action. It's dude. When I Dean, I get people that are like, want to get into the personal game in like my mastermind, right? Uh, the real estate side. And they're like, the first thing they ask me, they're like, well, call, how can I monetize this? I do that person never win. I already know that you're not going to win the game. So Pineda. So I want to talk about Pineda really quick here because dude, this catch is, this cat took this thing to the next level. So I remember telling Pineda about on social media. At the time, he was only on Instagram. And the, and then from, dude, the guy asked me, so Kong, how do you grow? How do you build? And all of that, right? He never mentioned a word about monetize. Everybody that I talked to talk about like, Kong, so how do I monetize this? So how do you build the funnel? Those people have the short term, like they are playing the short game, not the long term game. Like if you're an, a realtor, and you want to get more business, don't post, oh, you know what? If, if you need help listing your house or sell your house or you need to buy a house, call me. No, bro. You got to provide value. Talk about the current market. What is going on, right? Tell them, hey, how can they negotiate, right, to get the best deal, right? T- tell them, hey, if, you have, if you're looking to buy your first house, here are the things that you have to go do. Right. Just provide value, not saying, hey, list my you list your house. That's what or they just snap pictures and then just post it Dude, put in a little extra work. But for me, if you want to grow, if you want to build a real big brand, you got to focus on value versus monetize. If you look at everybody, big pages, dude, they don't all majority of their video. It's not a call to action video. 
So, Dean, I also look at this guy. Um, once again, I think he's a part of our family mastermind. And he would be, put veto. And I, dude, I, when I saw his veto, I knew exactly why he's not growing. Like, it's very professional, high-quality veto. The reason it's not growing, bro, is because every single one of his veto, at the end, there was a call to action. You, you need help growing your, your, your wholesaling or your real estate business, DM me the worth this. That's why. And the thing is that he's not putting the effort in. See, I think that I think so for me, Dean, is there's a 20, there's an 80 and 20% rule. 80% should be your niche. So for us, it's wholesaling. So majority of my content, 80% of my content, like people need to know when people come to your page, they need to know what you do, what you provide, how you can help them, right? So you teach them about whatever it is that you want to teach about, right? So if you're in the food industry, 80% of your content should be about food. In this case, I'm going to use real estate. The other 20%, what I call, Dean, is commercial. So let's just say, so when I flip to a certain channel, Dean, I expect that TV show to go on, correct? Mm -hmm. But let's just say that you flip to that channel and it was it was not the TV show you expected, which means I'm saying people are just posting, posting whatever it is. They, they just post every, like a bunch of stuff. Like, I, I don't even know what your page is about. So the 20%, I call that commercial. What I mean by that is that 20% could be anything about your life. That's when you do anything that's trending. Maybe you 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 can do something. Maybe you are are like like for example, like I would do the whole like you know giving Lon the ring. I would do the whole thing like my Asian wife. I would talk about you know being an Asian culture. Like that's the twenty percent. Twenty percent is like who is Dean, right? Talk about like you know. So so that's the twenty percent. But that should not consume your whole entire page about you traveling, about you you know buying car. Like dude, like. Does that make sense, Dean? Yeah. So I so sense. I like yeah. So I like to look. So when I say that, Dean, is because when I go and I audit people's page, their page, bro, is so much value, but nobody is seeing it. Because all because when it's too educational, Dean, nobody's gonna watch it. So they need you need to look at that and you need to be more creative. How can I make this a little bit more entertaining? How can I take whatever I learn, right? Like whatever it is that my niche is in. And then look at what's trending and how can I add that? How can I implement that? So basically on TikTok, right, things, there are things that are trending, which means they're pushing it out. And you just need to take that ideas and say, hey, how can I implement that into what I'm currently doing? So, you know, so so let me give you an example. When I so when I get further on TikTok, right, Dean? So there's the thing where you just go like this and it'll it'll just pop up the bubble. And there was a the one that goes trending and they they talk about relationship. And I said, well, instead of talking about relationship, I can take that and talk about my wholesale journey. So right. I would click like that. It'll tell by my, right? So I like, that's what I mean, right? So you got to see what's working and see how you can blend that in. But if you, if you look at your content and you know that it's not, it's not getting traction, there's something that you, you do wrong and you need to make changes because you can't just posting and see it blow up. Yeah. I love that. There's a lot to unpack there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome, dude. Uh, thanks for going through that. Super helpful for me to listen to it. Super helpful for a lot of others, I'm sure. Um, what's it. the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah. So Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, anywhere. It's just real King Kong. Okay. That's it. Now, do you actually answer your DMs? If people reach out, they can get a hold of you, talk to you. What's What's the best way to uh, to to make contact and and get in touch with you? Yeah, just uh, DM me on Instagram, Facebook. 
Um, it's either me or Angie will get back to you, but yes. Yeah, yeah. For Perfect sure. I, I don't want to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. I do. Like, I don't like, I, dude, I used to like look at all the comments and all the DM. It's just, just getting to the point where it, it, it's just too much. Just another DM about your hair or about getting yeah, this money. Or, or, yeah. yeah, correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, dude, honestly, this has been super jam packed, tons of value. Your story is incredible. Oh. Uh, so really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing that and spending time with us, dude. Uh, any any famous last words you want to give to the listeners? Yeah. So, you know, hopefully that I'm not too loud. Um, I mean, people if will you tell you see, that you're loud, right? Bro, so like cool. if you if you see me in real life, I'm even louder. You bro, are, Dean, yeah. when I was speaking on stage, dude, I didn't even, I, I dude, I, I didn't even need a mic. Yeah. Dude, I was just too loud. So, you know, I mean, to me, going back is you got to get like a lot of people don't understand, Dean. I want to leave people with this. So people need to understand you got to get rich first before you can get wealthy. And what I mean by this is so many people that start building a business, they start to make a little bit of money, Dean. They took that money and they go buy rental property. What you're doing there is you're suffocating your business. You're taking the fuel. Imagine if the car without fuel, it cannot go long distance, right? So what you need is you, the cash that you generated from your business. That business needs fuel to keep on, it needs the cash to keep on growing. So you need to take whatever it is, dude, that you make, you keep on pumping, pumping until that machine can build, can get you to the point where you're making at least 20,000 net a month. That's when you're ready to start diversifying and say, hey, now I'm going to go buy rental property. So to me, when you get to that point, I would go wholesale five house, keep one. Wholesale five, keep one. That way you're getting rich and you're building wealth at the same time. It's because wealth is not a one year or two year. You're not going to be, you're not going to get a million dollar in cash within one or two years of buying rental property. But you can do that by building a business. Wealth is a 10, 20, 30 year game plan. Majority mm -hmm. of the time, your cash flow can get to that 20,000, 10, $20,000 a month net. You need to have a lot of rentals and majority of those have to be paid down. That's mm -hmm. what I want to say. Yeah. Whew. Some wisdom right there. I love it. So guys, uh, make sure you guys connect with Mr. King Kong himself, Real King Kong, and all the social media platforms. And until next time, guys, peace. Dean, thank you so much. And everyone, appreciate you all. Absolutely.